But who are these people? Why would Allah give so much control to His servants in Jannah? Because they are the ones who surrendered to Allah completely in this world. How? Yufuna. They are those who fulfill. Yufuna from wafa. To complete, to fulfill something. What do they fulfill? Bin nadri. The vow. Meaning whatever vows they make, they fulfill them. What is a nadr? Nadr, noon valra, is to make something that is not mandatory, mandatory on oneself. You understand? To make something that is not mandatory, mandatory on oneself. You're not required to do it, but you make it obligatory on yourself. You make it a rule for yourself. Alright? Like for example, you know some people they have a morning routine. Right? That at this time I have to go for a walk. Or at this time I have to go to the gym in the morning. Or I must eat this for breakfast. I mean, are the children whose parents are standing at their heads, you must eat this. No. You must go to the gym. Is it? No. But they have made it mandatory on themselves. Right? Now the thing is that when it comes to going to the gym or going for your walk or eating healthy, things like that, you know, you change. Isn't it? One day you just don't feel like going, so you don't go. One day you just feel like eating junk, so that's what you will eat. Right? But nadr is what you impose on yourself in terms of religious matters. Okay? What you make obligatory on yourself in terms of religious matters, religious affairs. And there's two types of nadr. One is conditional, which is the more common one, or that is more famous, conditional. What does it mean by that? That a person says, if I get such and such, then I will do such and such. If I pass my exam, right, or if I get this job, my first paycheck is going to go in charity. You understand? So they are setting a condition for that charity. And what is that condition? I get my job. You understand? Can you think of any other another that people typically make? Hmm? Exactly. If I get something that I want, I'll pray 10 nafil. 100 nafil. Alright? Now, who said you have to pray 100 nafil? Is there any legislation for this in the Qur'an or Sunnah? No. Is it fard? No. But this is something that the person took upon himself, made mandatory on himself, on the condition that they get what they want. Right? Now, this is not something that is liked. Although it is permissible, it's not something that is liked. Why? Because your setting conditions and promising such things is not going to change fate. If you're meant to get that job, you will get it. If you're meant to have that child, you will have it. If you're meant to have that son, you will have it. Right? If it's written in your fate, you will get it. But what we learn is that something is taken out of the stingy person. Meaning otherwise he's too stingy to give that charity or too stingy to pray, too stingy to do that good deed. Right? So this kind of nadir, even though it's permissible, it's not really liked. There is another kind of nadr, 
which is the praiseworthy one, which is liked, which is unconditional. Unconditional. Meaning that a person promises himself, he makes a promise with himself that he will do a certain good deed. Like for example, a person makes a promise with himself that he will recite Qur'an every single day, one page. Or that they will pray tahajjud every week, once a week minimum. Or that they will give 10% of their paycheck for sadaqah. Is it fault? No. But what is this? What is this? It's a promise, it's an obligation that they have taken upon themselves. Like for instance, some people they set a goal for themselves that this Ramadan I'm going to recite Qur'an three times. For instance. Or this Ramadan I'm going to give this much sadaqah. Is it fault? No, it's not. Why are they doing it? Why? Because when you make a promise with yourself, when you make something mandatory on yourself, you end up doing it. When you set a goal for yourself, you end up achieving it. Isn't it? And if you don't set a goal for yourself, you don't plan, then what will happen? One month you will give charity, for three months you won't think about charity at all. One day you will recite Qur'an, and then for weeks you won't. One day you will pray tahajjud, and for months you won't. But when you set goals for yourself, and you make a promise that this is something that I must do, I will do, I will always do, then what happens? You end up doing it. Yeah, that condition could be anything. I get something or I reach a certain milestone, whatever it is. Okay? But you've set a condition. Alright? And remember, it's not regards to something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has obligated on you. So for example, if a person says, when I get married, I'll wear the hijab. This is not another. This is not another because Allah has already obligated you. You understand? Yes. Yeah, when you set a condition for obedience, it's like you are challenging Allah. Right? That you do this, I'll do this. Well, Allah doesn't need your ibadah. He doesn't. He doesn't. And He's the most generous who will give you without even you asking for it. So yufuna bin nadri, the quality of the people of Jannah is that they fulfill their vows whether conditional or unconditional. But of course, since the righteous are being mentioned, we would understand this as mainly the unconditional ones. And this is the way of the righteous. That they impose on themselves good work. They set high standards for themselves. They don't settle with the bare minimum. Okay, I've done my fard. No. They accomplish more. And how do they accomplish more? By setting higher goals for themselves. So yufuna bin nadri wa and they fear yawman a day. Kana sharruhu a day whose evil is mustatira widespread. Mustatira from the root letters ta ya ra tair. What does tair mean? A bird. And you see a bird when it's flying, when its wings are open. 
Does it look big compared to when its wings are closed, when it's just sitting, perched? Is there a difference in the size? Yes. So, Tayr is a bird and this word is figuratively used for speed and also for the spreading of something. For the spreading of something. Just like a bird spreads its wings. So it is said, غُبَار مُسْتَطَار غُبَار Dust that is مُسْتَطَار That has spread everywhere. فَرَسٌ مُطَار A horse that runs very fast. It is said, إِسْتَطَارَ الْحَرِيقِ that the fire spread very quickly. So you understand the meaning of the word mustatir? So mustatir is what? It's evil. The day of judgment whose evil will be mustatira, widespread, covering everything, the sky and the earth. There is no place, no mountain, no river, no star except that it will be affected by the evil of the Day of Judgment. And what is that evil? It's complete destruction. It's the day when the angels will be terrified. It's the day when stars will fall. It's the day when all people will be brought back to life. They are afraid of that day. And this is the reason why they prepare for it. يُوفُونَ nadri. What else do they do out of fear of this day? وَيُطْعِمُونَ الطَّعَامِ يُطْعِمُونَ They feed الطَّعَامَ The food Meaning they feed people They give food to others عَلَى حُبِّهِ Which food do they give to others? Which one? The extra leftover? The one that's on sale because it's going to expire in two days? Yeah, the no-name brand? Which one? عَلَى حُبِّهِ Despite its love. Meaning they love to eat that food themselves. Yet, instead of eating it themselves, they give to who? To who? To others to eat. They don't eat it themselves. Instead, they give it to others. يُطْعِمُونَ الطَّعَامَ عَلَى حُبِّهِ And this is very difficult. Really, it's very difficult. You might think like, yeah, of course, why not? But something that you want to eat, something that you find delicious, giving that up and giving it to somebody else, you can only do it if your desire for good is greater than your desire to eat. Your desire to do good is stronger than your desire to eat. Your desire for the akhirah is more than your desire for this dunya. Assalamu alaikum. I just thought I'd remind everybody that the food banks, the people visiting the food banks is always increasing. And a lot of them are Muslims. And we as Muslims should start to have like, every time we go for grocery, we should say, okay, this much I'm going to put in the food bank. Like you're coming to school, you bring it, we have the bins here, you can put it here, you can drop it off at the food bank. Or sometimes help somebody, you know, who is wanting to donate to the food bank, but they don't know how to do it. Like maybe a neighbor or somebody, you know, start an initiative where you tell your neighbors, look, I'm going to take food to the food bank on this day of the month. If you want to drop off something, you can bring, especially if you're living in a building or something like that. So I would urge all of you to make this 
mandatory upon yourself that, okay, I'm going to take this much money out of my earnings or whatever and donate to the food bank. You know, so, it's unfortunate that even when we do that at the grocery stores, when it comes to the food bank, we'll buy cereals that we don't like to eat. We'll buy rice that is cheaper, right? We'll buy flour or whatever food it is that's cheaper for the food bank. This is what? Ala hubbihi. Something that you love to eat yourself. Now, what we do is, as long as we can afford to eat what we like and also buy the same thing for somebody else, we'll give charity. But if it means that, you know, if we have only money with which we can fulfill our desire, and not the desire of the other, what will we do? We will buy good quality for ourselves and lesser quality for the other. What do we learn here? They buy nothing for themselves and good quality food for others. يُطْعِمُونَ الطَّعْمَ عَلَىٰ حُبِّهِ Because this means you give up what you have. You don't eat yourself. Instead you feed the other person. وَيُطْعِمُونَ الطَّعْمَ عَلَىٰ حُبِّهِ And who do they give this food to? Miskinan, the needy, وَيَتِيمًا and the orphan, وَأَسِيرًا and the captive also. Miskin because he's in need. Yatim, an orphan child. Really, if you think about it, children like to eat good stuff, right? Sweets, different kinds of things. And who is it? that brings for their children what their children like to eat. It's the parents. My son loves kiwis. I will get kiwi fruit for him. My daughter loves mango. I will get mango for her. Right? This is what people think, what mothers think, what parents think. But what about that child whose father is no longer there? Who's going to bring him what he likes to eat? Yatinan. Also feeding the orphan. وَأَسِيرًا And the prisoner. Because a prisoner in the prison, what is he going to get? Standard food? Right? Which is what? I mean, I'm sure you all have eaten in airplanes. Right? Or maybe in the hospital. What kind of food is that? When hundreds and thousands of people are being served at the same time, you know that the quality of food goes down. Now imagine, Asir, a prisoner. What is he eating on a daily basis? Whatever his crime is, we're not defending his crime over here. We're talking about the fact that he is in a prison. He cannot go out and get something that he wants to eat. He doesn't have that freedom. Whatever his crime is. But he's still a human being who has a stomach, who has a tongue, who has some desire. Asir, feeding the prisoner also. And isn't that what the Sahaba did? After the battle of Badr, when so many captives came into Medina, what did they do? They fed captives bread, while they themselves ate something else. And bread, remember, was a big deal. Because Arabia is not fertile. Grain was imported. It was brought in after months of travel. And that grain, after you know grinding it with hand and then making dough and bread with it, imagine now, But that bread, they're not eating themselves, they're giving it to others. وَيُطْعِمُونَ الطَّعَامَ عَلَىٰ حُبِّهِ مِسْكِينًا وَيَتِيمًا وَأَسِيرًا And عَلَىٰ حُبِّهِ can also be understood as out of love for him. Love for who? Love for Allah. 
giving food to others out of love for Allah. Allah likes this, that I should feed other people. So doing this only for the sake of Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an, لَن تَنَالُوا الْبِرَّ حَتَّى تُنْفِقُوا مِمَّا تُحِبُّونَ You can never attain al-birr, righteousness, because abrara are being mentioned, right? So you can never attain righteousness until you spend out of that which you love. Not what you have, but what you love, what you like for yourself. The Prophet ﷺ said, Whoever dies while feeding the needy for the pleasure of Allah shall enter Jannah. Whoever dies while feeding the needy for whose pleasure? For the pleasure of Allah shall enter Jannah. Innama. And then they say in their hearts that Innama, indeed only, نُطْعِمُكُمْ We only feed you, we only give you this food. For what reason? لِوَجْهِ For the face of Allah. We're giving you this food so that one day we can see Allah's face. We're only giving you this food so that we can attain Allah's pleasure. لَا نُرِيدُ مِنْكُمْ We do not want from you, O people, to whom we are giving food, we do not want from you jaza'an, any reward, wala shukura, nor any gratitude. We don't expect any jaza from you and we don't expect any shukur from you. What is jaza? A reward. Meaning any gratitude that someone would express with their actions. And shukur, any gratitude that is expressed in words, verbally. But generally, what do we do? If we give something to someone, don't we expect a return? Isn't it? That at least some action, some gesture, right? Any kind of jaza, a word of praise, or shukur, any word of gratitude, something we expect. And if we don't get that, we get disappointed. But look at the abrar. What is the way of the abrar? They don't want to hear any words of gratitude. They don't want to receive any payment even, any kind of reward even for what they have done. Why? Because they're doing it for who? For Allah. And really, when a person works like this, that he doesn't desire any reward or gratitude from people, only then can he be sincere. And only then can he be a barr person. Because what holds us back from doing good? What holds us back? We see an opportunity to feed someone. But what holds us back? You know, last time I gave so much, but didn't even hear back. No word of acknowledgement even. Isn't it? Nothing at all. We got no benefit, no tax return, nothing. What do we learn here? لَا نُرِيدُ مِنْكُمْ جَزَاءً وَلَا شُكُورًا Then why do they give it? إِنَّا نَخَافُ مِنْ رَبِّنَا Indeed, we fear from our Lord. يَوْمًا a day. That is abus and qantarira. We are doing this to save ourselves. When? On the day that is abus. Abus, ain ba sin, abasa, to frown. And where is this frown? On the forehead. Abus is that which makes people frown. 
or abus, very frowning, scowling. What is it that makes you frown? Or frowning face, what does it represent? Disgust or dislike or difficulty, hardship. So abus, as in very difficult. And qamtarir, distressful. Qamtarir, qaf, meem, ta, ra. Qimtar. Qimtar is basically used for a stick that is used to punish. That is qimtar. And then it is also used for the stick with which, you know, someone is being punished, but then, you know, their feet are being struck. Why are their feet being struck? So that they don't bring them together. They keep them apart. So it's used for something that is spread out. Something that is very long and something that is full of distress. So qamtarir, a day that is long, that is full of sadness and difficulty. This is the day of judgment. 50,000 years. Very difficult. So they say that we are afraid of our Lord on that day. This is why we are preparing for that day. And how do we prepare? By giving food to who? To who? To the miskeen, yatim, asir. Despite our love for that food. فَوَقَاهُمُ So Allah saved them. Allah protected them. شَرَّ ذَلِكَ الْيَوْمِ From the evil of that day. Because those who plan and those who strive, ultimately, they get somewhere. So they aimed for Success on that day. And what does Allah say? فَوَقَاهُمُ اللَّهُ شَرَّ ذَلِكَ الْيَوْمِ Allah saved them from the evil of that day. وَلَقَاهُمْ And He gave them نَظْرَةً وَسُرُورًا Radiance and happiness. لَقَى لَقَى is to give something to someone. Basically, لَقِيَ is to meet. So لَقَى is to make someone meet something, as in you give it to them. You cast it on them. So, لَقَّاهُمْ نَضْرَةً وَسُرُورًا Allah gave them نَضْرَةً What is نَضْرَةً? The joy and pleasure and happiness which is on the face of a person. And surur is the delight and joy which is in the heart of a person. نَضْرَةً وَسُرُورًا نَضْرَةً in the face and surur in the heart. There are times when a person has surur in the heart but no نَضْرَةً on the face. And there are times when a person has fake نَضْرَةً on the face but no surur in the heart. لَقَّاهُمْ نَضْرَةً وَسُرُورًا You bring happiness to others and Allah will fill you with joy. وَجَزَاهُمْ And their reward. بِمَا صَبَرُوا Because they were patient. Their reward because of their patience is going to be جَنَّةً A garden in paradise. وَحَرِيرًا And silk. جَزَا for what? Reward for what? For sabr. What does this mean? That Jannah is reward for sabr. So a believer's life is full of sabr. Remember that iman has two wings. Meaning, what increases a person's iman, what takes a person forward in his iman, are two wings. Just like a bird has two wings, it needs both of them. As it will use them, it will go higher, it will go forward. It will glide. So iman also has two sides to it. And what are they? Sabr and shukr. Gratitude and patience. So a believer is either in a state of gratitude. For what? 
Gratitude for what? For what he has? For the good he was able to do? For what he has received from his Lord? For things that have happened in the past, for things that are going on right now? Shukr. Or he is in a state of sabr. Holding himself back. Controlling himself. Keeping himself firm and steadfast. Or bearing hardships with patience. So, when a person is in the state sabr and shukr, then he's not in a state of kufr. He's not in a state of denying Allah's blessings or being upset or rejecting. So, jazahum bima sabaru. Their reward for their patience is jannah waharir. Jannah, garden. When you think of a garden, even in this world, what comes to your mind? Beauty and space, freshness, freedom. When you think of harir, silk, what comes to your mind? Comfort. Right? So, jannatan wa harira. Jannah, freedom, and harir, full comfort. But why? For sabr. If you look at all the qualities of the abrar that are mentioned over here, look at them. Turn your page. Go back. What are the qualities of the abrar? First of all, the fact that they are abrar, doing bir. Does doing bir require sabr? Does it? Yeah. How many times is it that you see an opportunity to do good, but you don't feel like it? Which you kick yourself and make yourself do it. Right? So this is abrar. Okay, another quality? Yufuna bin nadri. Fulfilling your vows, does that require sabr? Of course. When you make something obligatory on yourself, at the beginning it's easy, it's fun. But then what happens as things change? Because life is ibtila, there is going to be hardships. So what happens? It gets difficult. So sabr is needed over there to remain steadfast. How often it happens that people start doing something good, but then after a month or two, or after a couple of years, they give up. They leave. They leave that good deed. Why? Because they did not have sabr. Yufuna bin nadri. This requires sabr. What else? What other quality? Yut'imuna ta'am. Giving food to others. Ala hubbihi. When you want to eat it yourself. Does that require sabr? Yes? As you're walking out the grocery store and you're looking forward to eating your cereal next morning, but then you see the bin for the food bank, what are you going to do there? Are you going to give up something that you like to eat, that you just picked and you're looking forward to eat it? If you give it, that requires sabr. And then not expecting any reward, does that require sabr? Yes. So, وَجَزَاهُمْ بِمَا صَبَرُوا the reward for sabr is very great. Look at this. The entire life of the abrar of a believer is summarized in what word? Sabaru. This is the life of a believer. A life of patience. Because patience has three sides to it. We think of only one form of patience, which is that when something terrible happens, you don't cry and you don't feel bad, which is not sabr. Sabr is when something bad happens, right? You feel bad, you cry, you feel the pain, you do feel that loss, 
But you don't give up your faith in Allah. You don't think for a moment anything negative about Allah. You remain hopeful. That okay, I got sick. There is tahur. Allah will cure. There is good. Okay, I lost this job. Inshallah, there will be good. Okay, a terrible disaster happened. There will still be good. This is sabr. Another form of sabr is to remain firm on doing good, on acts of obedience. Because it's very easy to do good when everybody around you is doing it. But when you're alone, we had a discussion on praying on time earlier, right? That requires sabr. The third form of sabr is to remain firm in holding oneself back, in restraining from doing what is wrong. Holding yourself back. You know, like when those curse words may be in your mouth, you're just waiting to spit them out, or you're holding your tongue back. That is sabr. You're angry and you do want to you know, say those bad words, but you hold yourself back. That is a form of sabr. So, jazahum bima sabaru. Now if you think about it, a believer's life is all about sabr, really. Because what is that time when you're not, you know, being urged to do something bad? Really. Shaitan, does he leave us in the morning? No. Does he leave us at home? No. He doesn't spare us even in salah. So this constant struggle, you know, when you're fighting yourself basically, Constantly pushing yourself, pushing yourself. And at times you feel tired. You just want things to become easy. You just want things to... You wait for that state when you will naturally want to pray. When you will naturally want to give sadaqah. When you will not have any difficulty in controlling your tongue, in controlling your anger. But this striving, this struggle, it exhausts you. But this is exactly what's being mentioned. Jazahum bima sabaru. A believer's life is full of striving. Sabr is not being passive. It's an active state. It's a state of striving. You're conscious. You're pushing yourself. Or you are trying really hard to hold yourself back. But all this struggle, remember, it's not going to go in vain. Look at the reward. Jannatan wa harira. I remember when I was going for Umrah once and it was going to be a very difficult journey given that I was expecting at that time, it was the month of Ramadan, and my child was also with us, and it was going to be a long flight. Physically, you know, I was unwell. But my mom advised me. When I spoke to her, she said, just remember this. وَجَزَاهُمْ بِمَا صَبَرُوا جَنَّةً وَحَرِيرًا No matter what hardship comes, whether it is physical or it is mental, whatever hardship comes, because when you travel to the house of Allah, you will face hardships. Isn't it? So just remind yourself, وَجَزَاهُمْ بِمَا صَبَرُوا Not for ingratitude, it's for sabr. جَنَّةً وَحَرِيرًا And when you remember this, then sabr becomes easier. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. بِسْمِ اللَّهِ الرَّحْمَنِ الرَّحِيمِ هَلْ أَتَى عَلَى الْإِنسَانِ حِينٌ من الدهر لم يكن شيئا مذكورا إنا خلقنا الإنسان من نطفة أمشاج نبتليه فجعلناه سميعا بصيرا 